Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Thanks to everyone who supports Daily Tech News Show directly. To find out more, head to dailytechnewsshow.com slash support. This is the Daily Tech News for Monday, September 17th, 2018 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Scooter Lane. From Austin, Texas, I'm Justin Robert Young. And uh, awake, I'm Roger Chang, the producer of the show. Give Roger a break. <laughs> he only had three hours of sleep. He's got two daughters. <laughs> it's just going to happen, folks. Uh, Scooter's back. Nice to hear. Yes. Good to I, see you, Scoots. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. I I never left, but... <laughs> <laughs> if you but take I'm... a peek at the video version of the show... Well, no, I meant you called yourself Scooter. You haven't done that in a few. I know. That's true. Well, I did it for Justin. I, know I love Justin it. Appreciates or great that. Justin. Uh, if you're taking a peek at the video, you may see that the shelves behind me are a little empty. Even on audio, it might sound a little more roomy than usual. Uh, in the middle of the studio move. So by next Monday, we will have a whole new location for me to record from. But that's neither here nor there. Let's start with a few tech things you should know. The Verge reports that Microsoft has completed its tests of whether Windows 10 preview users like being told that Microsoft Edge is better when a user attempts to install Chrome or Firefox. The test results are that Microsoft does not plan to include the warning in the Windows 10 October 2018 update, but will continue to test prompts like this in the future. Engadget reports that Google has completed its test of whether Chrome M69 preview users like having special subdomains, including including www removed from their address bar. The test result is that Google will roll back these changes in M69 on Chrome for desktop and Android and have discussions with standard uh, standard bodies on the topic. However, Google does intend to hide www in Chrome 70. If I could summarize those two stories... Big companies try to do things they want to do. Find out when people don't like it, maybe they shouldn't do that. <laughs> All right, let's talk a little more about uh, Mark Benioff pulling off a Jeff Bezos, Justin. <laughs> yeah, a, a little less frequent, though. Uh, Salesforce.com co-founder Mark Benioff and Lynn Benioff have agreed to buy Time Magazine from the Meredith Corporation. Meredith purchased Time, Inc. in January and has begun selling off some of its most popular publications, including Sports Illustrated, Money, and 
Fortune. So Time, not quite the Washington Post, but certainly among the biggest brands in magazine journalism writ large. Also, is it slightly interesting that the Benioffs are buying Time rather than Fortune, which would have been my guess? Maybe Fortune costs more. <laughs> Uh, I, I looked at this and I, I, I feel it. I feel it. Meredith is keeping its profitable brands like good housekeeping is a brand they have that still makes them money apparently. So they're holding on to that. Fortune is one where fortune.com particularly is a, is a very popular website still. I would think that might be one they would keep. So maybe they're still floating it out there, but asking for more because it's doing a little better than time. Uh, this is a prestige play. This is uh, um, off. You mean? For Benioff, yeah. Uh, to me, it, it, time is a brand that means something. Uh, uh, it is something, obviously, the Benioffs, certainly not hurting for money, can can have it be its own, their own little element of uh, a charity to keep a good brand with good journalism alive in the world. I, I don't quite see the same. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation... Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Kind of immediate play that you did with Bezos in the Washington Post where you can bundle it into a prime subscription or make a deal to do it. Obviously, this is, you know, not it's not an Amazon company, but there are connections there. This to me, I think is just money off wanting to keep it alive. I, I, he doesn't have any, any other media holdings, you know, as of now. So maybe he wants, wants to make a play further into that. Well, and, and that, that's worth pointing out. Jeff Bezos bought the Washington Post. Amazon didn't buy the Washington Post, but Amazon makes television programs and they wanted to bundle it in with Prime because, you know, hey, it's Bezos on the top of both. So it starts to feel like there's a lot of Amazon influence. Maybe the reason, to your point, Sarah, that Benioff doesn't want to buy Fortune is he wants to make it very clear that this is a Benioff and Benioff enterprise, not a Salesforce thing. Who will be Time's next person of the year? 
Mark oh. and Lynn oh. Benioff. <laughs> Congratulations! If that's, true, if that's true, hats off to you, Minnie I'm telling you, man. If I'm the time editorial staff, I'm like, thank you for saving our jobs. You are definitely people of the year. Um, no, but and and I'm sure that their editorial integrity will prevent that. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting. You know, I saw a couple of headlines are like Mark Benioff and his wife. And I'm like, well, that's not fair to Lynn Benioff. She should be identified by herself. She is a person not just defined by Mark Benioff. But then when I went to find out her title, she's kind of secretive and just does a lot of charity work. So other than calling her Lynn Benioff, uh, I'm very curious what, what she actually does behind the scenes. I didn't have enough time to dig further into it. Kakao announced it will shut down image sharing social network path. Remember path? I knew it well. October 18th, it's over. Users have until then to download their data. The apps will be removed from the Google Play and Apple app stores on October 1st. Man. Mixed uh, feelings about this. Well, it's funny. I I, I do have fond memories of Path. Uh, I I did enjoy my time with it. Uh, I think a lot of the narrative that I saw around this story today was looking at the times in which Path could have sold for a lot of money and Mm -hmm. not sell. And now they... Well, they did sell to Cacao three years ago. They cacao, did sell cacao, cacao, which makes cacao talk. So they finally did, but uh, yeah, they probably played out the clock. But there, yeah, there was a time when when Path was was seemingly yeah. worth a lot more. There you were know, they, legitimate they, just, debates about whether Path could supplant Facebook back when Facebook was much smaller and Path was much bigger. Well, the the fun, the thing about Path for anybody who hasn't used it or hasn't in a while is the premise was really cool. It was. Social networks aren't about amassing followers. They're about curating a small group of people and really being more yourself. I feel like um, and they would. I, do and I loved that idea. Now, don't you think? Well, I, I do think that they were that they they had the right idea and the wrong application because mm. uh, if you've seen you know, Snapchat, was the, the idea was no, no, no. You don't need to go viral. You don't need to necessarily. We're not even going to tell you how many followers you have. We're just going to give you this weird score. That is uh, a, 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 you know, a calculation of it. Uh, the difference was is that Snapchat gave us this video sharing and messaging uh, a solution, and Kakao gave us a slightly polished, Apple-y looking version of Facebook. And ultimately, we didn't really want that because we could get all that functionality from a place where we would share it with more people. And you know, path could have been something, but uh, I think ultimately. You know, uh, you, you can, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but maybe the, that $100 million from Google would have been pretty sweet. One of my relatives uses Path, or did, uh, to hide from their other relatives and have a secret social network with a couple of their friends and messaged me today saying... What should I replace Path with? Uh, and so, you know, well, I went good through. Good news, of, Tom's relative. You have lots of options. I went through a bunch of different suggestions, uh, but Vero seemed to be the one they wanted to use. Huh. So, and I was like, yeah, I haven't heard buzz about Vero since like March. So that might be a safe place to hide out for now. Unless yeah, I, 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 you know, the, the whole Path thing was, I, I actually loved that app. Um, I haven't used it in some time. I haven't used it since Kakao bought it. But, I, I I liked the whole idea. It was perhaps ahead of its time in a way where I, I felt like people liked the idea of having a smaller social network, but didn't really know how to intimately work on those levels. And 
Yeah, I don't know. I anyway. No, there's no more path. path. (laughs) The path is ended. IDM girl on DTNS subreddit brought this next story to our attention. It's a CNET story by Sean Hollister clearing up a controversy about Anders G. Da Silva, who's been burning up the clickbait stories. Not not Anders' fault, but people have been turning his story into clickbait, claiming Apple removed purchased movies from his library. Now, he definitely had movies removed from his library. That part isn't the clickbait. The clickbait is Apple is unapologetic and Apple support gave him a couple of free rentals, but didn't really solve his problem. Well, it turns out De Silva had not downloaded the movies. So it wasn't a case of Apple deleting them from his hard drive, which a couple of stories implied. Also De Silva had moved from Australia to Canada. The movies that disappeared had been purchased when he still lived in Australia. And it appears that the Australian versions are still available if he changed his region back to Australia. And you may say, well, wait, Canada, Australia, they're both English language. You know, what's the big deal? Why can't Apple make them available in Canada? I bet this is an unforeseen consequences situation because movies are edited and produced differently in different countries to meet the standards of those countries. So, yeah, they're both in English, but in Australia, maybe you're not allowed to show a thing that's okay to show in Canada, so you have a slightly different edit. Anyway, that seems to be what happened, and I don't think it's Apple doing it on purpose. It's certainly a failure in Apple support not to figure that out uh, for De Silva, but he should be able to get his purchase movies back. What a weird story this was, because (laughs) for whatever reason, it just raised the hackles of physical media purists who wanted a reason to come out and yell about how awesome their Blu-ray collections are (laughs) and how much we are all moving into a dystopic future where the man can take your movies away if you buy them digitally. Uh, uh, Just so strange, like what this brought out in people. Yeah, well, because there there have been a lot of people who have, for whatever reason, a lot of stake in saying you're wrong to trust anyone for cloud movies. And so as soon as one thing happens, they're going to pile on top of it. And this did look bad at first because De Silva was like, hey, I, I, I don't have these movies. Like they just disappeared. And he talked to Apple support and Apple support failed him. They they weren't able to, uh, to identify the problem that Sean Hollister from CNET was able to identify and figure out. Linux creator Linus Torvalds sent a note to the Linux kernel mailing list apologizing for behavior that may have driven away some developers and saying that he will take a break from working on Linux. Torvalds wrote that he will, quote, get some assistance on how to understand people's emotions and respond appropriately, end quote. He also emphasized that he does want to continue maintaining Linux. I was not aware that Linus Torvalds uh, was upsetting developers as much as he he now believes that he has been doing for years. Uh, And the story is a little convoluted. It has to do with travel and, you know, bad managing of calendars and that sort of thing. But for him to say, listen, I've been... uh, I mean, what's the well, word? You, really? you, you got It's not about the. There, there's a whole story about him forgetting to to schedule exactly uh, ar- around a Which, conference he was supposed to go to. But that's not the problem. The problem is every once in a while he goes off on people on the public mailing list, and a lot of times uh, people champion him and say, "See, he doesn't hold back. He he tells them the way it is." But some developers behind the scenes were like, you know. We get it. We know you you have a hot temper and, and you don't mean anything by it, but it's unpleasant. 
Uh, and they finally persuaded him like, Hey man, uh, you know, just maybe work on that maybe work on your people skills a little because you're driving some otherwise talented developers away from developing Linux. And I've, I've actually been guilty of cheering his rants on in a couple of cases where I'm like, yeah, man, finally, you know, he's the maker of Linux. He gets to say that. Uh, but it turns out that you know, hearing about it once in a while from the outside, not nearly uh, the same as living with it on a day-to-day basis. Uh, empathy is a lesson that we can all stand to learn more about in an internet age. You know, I feel what you're feeling there. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> Perhaps you'll feel <laughs> Apple's iOS 12, which is available now as an over-the-air update, along with a bunch of speed improvements, a lot of improvements, in fact. There are new Animoji characters for the new iPhone models, new camera effects, just to name a few. Apple also originally planned to introduce group FaceTime support in iOS 12, but removed the feature while it was still in beta. Hmm. It wasn't quite there. Uh, my iOS 12 oh, yeah. update for, for the iPhone I keep uh, went smoothly and it's fine i haven't really noticed anything that crazy uh out of it uh but i haven't spent how, how long did it take uh 20 minutes or less I, I didn't really even pay attention i i went over and pressed the button to install after it downloaded and went back to it a, a little while later after doing some other things and it was fine the watch os5 update on the other hand was going to take an hour until i remembered the trick that I learned on the SMR podcast, which I think they learned from iMore, which is turn off Bluetooth during a watchOS update, and suddenly your update goes from an hour to 20 minutes because it forces the watch to use Wi-Fi, which is faster. I guess the ah. reason Apple wants to use Bluetooth is because it's easier on your battery, uh, but if you want to get your watch back on your hand faster, there's the trick. Oh, that's interesting. So, so it would it would be or you know either either Wi-Fi or the radio, right? But uh, you know, yeah, it's the it's Bluetooth or, or Wi-Fi are your options, and if you have both oh. on, it will force it over Bluetooth, which is much slower. Yeah. So there you go. Did you update your iOS twelve? Anyone else? I have not. I have not yet. No. I'm not even bothering until I get my new iPhone on the twenty yeah, first. Right. Right. <laughs> nothing. Nothing is happening in my home. With this beat up seven plus, we're right. just we're just limping along. All right. So you didn't do the for the the early upgrade that we were talking about on Friday. Uh, no. No. Okay. Uh, I didn't either. <laughs> I was too lazy to do it. Hey, folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to DailyTechHeadlines.com. All right, the World Economic Forum, they're the folks who bring you Davos. And by you, I mean rich people, not you. Um, machines and automated software, according to the World Economic Forum report, are going to handle about half of all our workplace tasks within seven years. Now, previously, the report uh, had, a, had a somewhat dim view, saying, yeah, machines and automated software are going to replace a bunch of jobs, and they're going to eliminate more jobs than, than they uh, create. However... That has now changed. Uh, the technologies are now believed to eliminate 75 million jobs by 2022, but create 133 million jobs. According to the report, what they call the fourth industrial revolution uh, will do that. It'll vary by industry, though. And this is where the report gets very clear. It says, look, if you're in mining, there's going to be a lot of jobs lost. If you're uh, in the consumer space, IT, accounting, Post offices, 
going to lose a lot of jobs. Less heavy uh, replacement will happen and possibly job creation will happen in the professional services, data analysts, software developers, social media specialists, customer service where you need the human touch, teachers, etc. So they emphasize the need for companies on the one hand to invest in retraining and providing continuing education for their employees. More than half of employees of large companies might need significant retraining in the next seven years. And they urged governments to create safety nets for those workers in transition from one industry, say mining or, or IT or accounting, to something else. They, uh, they, they say also that these new jobs may not be as secure. They may be more part-time, more freelance jobs. Uh, other studies have kind of been all over the place on this. The 2015 Bank of England uh, report uh, estimated about a loss of 80 million U.S. and 15 million U.K. jobs by 2035. Coopers in July predicted it would break even. Uh, you'd create as many jobs as you replaced. In December of 2018, McKinsey uh, said the same thing, equal loss in creation by 2030. So it's starting to look like the reports are at least saying it's not going to be devastating. It's not going to be the machines and the automation will come and we'll all be out of jobs. Uh, but what we've been saying for a long time on this show, which is it's going to affect some people, not others. You probably will still have jobs to get, but you may need to retrain people in order to give them the skills to get those new jobs that are created. This kind of seems like a punt to me. Like, because I don't know if the, the, the World Economic Forum, as much as they have a pull, the finger on the pulse of the global business community, whether when you're talking about tremendous disruptions in how we do business, whether you can effectively predict that going forward. And, and yes, it's, it's interesting to see that we, uh, based on these other studies, there seems to be a hurting of where the projections tend to be and they are not dour right they are not uh, uh you know uh, talking about a meteor that's going to hit the world economy and create gigantic joblessness but at the same time i i, I just feel like this is a little bit more of an unpredictable wild uh, uh path that we're going to take over the next 10 to 15 years and i don't know exactly how much you can put a figure on it well, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's not an exact science by any stretch because we've never seen this exact thing happen. We have to go yeah. based on, you know, the previous three industrial revolutions, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, the computers that came, the steam engine, et cetera. Uh, and you're just going around and asking people what they think. Now, these yes. are people who work in the industry and they, they probably have a good educated guess, but it's still a guess. Uh, this report that we're talking about from the World Economic Forum based its forecast on a survey of senior executives, strategy officers and human resources specialists at 300 global companies across 20 countries uh, representing more than 15 million employees. Their economies represent 70 percent of global GDP. So they're asking the right people. It's just. Those you know those people probably have a better idea than you or I, but even they could be wrong. It's 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 all a guess. It's based on well, right now, based on the technologies we're seeing coming in, this is what we're planning for. Yeah. So let's let's take this WEF report for 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 what it is and say that yes, there will be more jobs created. However, with the caveat that there will need to be retraining and there will need to be a concerted effort to create, uh, to make workers who were preparing for one economy be available to the other. 
Whose job is that? Is that the job of industry? Is that something that government should support by way of tax breaks or maybe be more proactive and, and, and retrain workers uh, for, for the benefit of a, a oncoming challenges themselves? I think it's both. Uh, I, I think you have different roles there and different philosophical bents are going to think different things about how much government should get involved. But I think everybody who's serious about this thinks that the government probably needs to provide the safety net between industries, right? The mining industry should not be expected to retrain miners for becoming social media <laughs> specialists, like, right? There needs to be some kind of plan. Maybe it's a safety net supplemental income. Maybe it's an incentive program for, for re-education or something like that. That's where politics comes in. That's where, you know, different stripes will say, well, I, I think spending little money gets you more than spending a lot of money, et cetera. But I think government's role is to say there's going to be people, pe people falling out of an industry that shouldn't be responsible for retraining them. We're going to have to wholly transition them from one place to another. I think where industry, it's in their own self-interest to cover it is where you say, look, we've got a lot of talented people in-house. We're not going to need them as much in accounting anymore, but those skills are transferable into the data analysis section. Let's give them continuing education. Let's give them re retraining right now so that we don't miss a beat when that transition happens. Uh, here's the one other thing that I found interesting, uh, just wrapping up with this, is that it feels like the idea of retirement, of this is the, you're at one company, you get your gold watch, and then and then that's that's that. Obviously, has eroded as we are in, in even our modern day. But if the idea is it just kind of snuck in here. Oh, by the way, the new jobs might be less secure, yeah. and they might be part time. That it's like we might be already seeing it. I'm sorry you got fired from the mine. Would you like to drive Uber? Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, exactly. That's going to happen a lot. That's I mean it's happening safer. now. Hey, thanks to everybody who participates in our subreddits. Always a safe place. Submit stories and vote on others at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. We're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow. And guess who's back? Text message is back from its summer hiatus. So let's check in with Nate Langson about eSIMs. Cheers, guys. This week, we go pretty deep on the benefits of devices that have eSIMs or embedded SIM cards. With the announcement of the Apple Watch Series 4, the UK got its second mobile carrier to support the technology. Previously, only one of our many networks actually supported it. So we thought it was about time to take a long look at what needed to change, how the technology works and what it means for other networks around the world. All that and plenty more available now at techpodcast.uk. Yeah, if you were curious about the whole dual SIM thing uh, that was announced and the eSIM part of it particularly, uh, definitely check out text message. All right. And then what we're going to do right now is check out Mailbag. We are. This uh, first one comes from Tim. It says, for people like me who suffer from a balance disorder, in Tim's case, it's Meniere's, uh, which I looked up and I sort of a vertigo thing. I, I, I had not heard of this before, Tim. The new Apple Watch Series 4 is a really big deal. Imagine if I fall over, I bang my head, nobody else is around, having the watch automatically call the emergency services and give them my location could save lives. Yeah. 
Certainly. Uh, we were not trying to belittle every use case. I, I was only saying for myself that I, I'm not sure that this would be something that I would use, but sounds like it's an essential for somebody like Tim. Thanks. thanks for I, that I've actually heard that from a couple of people that are, are you know, there, there are more folks that are kind of at risk that aren't elderly uh, that yeah. seem very excited by this. Allison Sheridan got an email from a friend clarifying that the ECG function of the Apple Watch is indeed FDA approved. Uh, I, I made a kind of a crass remark that they specifically said the heart rate and rhythm were FDA approved, but didn't make it clear and maybe implied that the ECG was and we didn't know whether it was. Well, it is. Uh, the upshot of the letter she got is that the watch can be marketed to consumers as an over-the-counter ECG device, but it has not received approval as a medical device. That's true. The heart rate stuff, too, I think. Uh, Allison found an opinion from someone on Reddit who says they are an emergency physician and said it is not intended for people under the age of 22. It is considered an over-the-counter device and classified as class two, which is the same class as things like condoms and home pregnancy kits. Uh, your home pregnancy kit, I think, is a great analysis or analogy. It's not the be-all, end-all on whether you're pregnant or not. It's a way to check real quickly at home and then seek further advice depending on what it says. It sounds like the ECG is exactly the same thing. And I even made Allison dig up the actual link to the letter on FDA.gov. Uh, so hat tip to Allison. Thank you so much uh, for doing that. And uh, we'll have that in our show notes at dailytechnewsshow.com. You rock, Allison. And thanks also to Tim for the email. And thanks to everybody who sends us emails. And also thanks to Justin Robert Young for being with us this fine Monday. Justin, how Woo. was your weekend and where do we keep up with your work? Oh, man, it was a great weekend. Uh, I actually did a live podcast with the Everything's Coming Up Simpsons podcast with uh, Brian Brushwood and myself joining uh, the, the two hosts there, Ali and uh, Julia. So go ahead and look for that coming out soon. But this is the week. We have a huge week in politics. Uh, the, the, the Brett Kavanaugh Supreme Court appointment is now very much in play. Uh, uh, find out everything you need to know in five stories, uh, many gifts, a few hot takes. You can get it at freepoliticalnewsletter.com. It's a free political newsletter, and you get it at freepoliticalnewsletter.com. Just that simple. Hey, uh, last Friday, I asked 10 people to do something, and one of you did. So thank you for that. Uh, but we are still nine people short of the amount of patrons we had last month. So I still need the other nine of you to head on over to patreon.com slash DTNS and sign up. If you can afford a dollar a month to support the show, you get all kinds of cool benefits. Uh, so please check it out. You'll get a commercial-free version of the show. You'll get uh, a weekly uh, column from me, Roger, and Sarah. Uh, you, you'll get access at, at higher tiers to things like Slack and Discord. So please, please, please consider supporting the show directly. It helps us. It helps you. You are 90% of the funding of Daily Tech News Show. Head to patreon.com slash DTNS. If you have feedback for us, please email us, feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. We're live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2030 UTC. You can find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. We'll be back tomorrow with Patrick Beja. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. 
By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.